0: Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Chrissy Robinson. Chrissy has an intense passion. Some might even call it an addiction for all things design. She prides herself on working closely with her clients to help develop a brand that speaks to who you are. She works with a collective of creative minds who love the business of design and work with clients to guarantee satisfaction. Their passion and work ethic separate them from their competitors. When customers share their dreams, Chrissy and her team can make them reality. If you want your clients to feel like they know you and trust you as soon as they see your brand, you need to tune in and listen to this branding expert joining us today from Color Addict out of Warren, Michigan, Chrissy Robinson. Chrissy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate- oh, no, this
0: is awesome. Color Addict, I love this. I love the, the logo and everything like that. Where did you come up with the Color Addict? Is it just your creative design addiction is that what it is it's it's
1: it's creative design but it's also the like problem solving strategy led focus so our logo represents the unicorn just because obviously the unicorn is kind of like this rare instance i have a- actually had people like tell me i'm a unicorn and i always used to say when i was hiring like i'm looking for a unicorn and so we just kind of recently over the last two years adopted that new logo and the new brand but color addicts been around since 2014 it was just always when people used to ask me like what's my favorite color i "I love all the colors and it's just one of those things that's like you're very flexible and you can make really any color work and it's it doesn't even necessarily mean actual colors it's just the idea that you can make anything work right that Obsessed with finding a better way, that continuous improvement mentality, it's very hard for me to, you would always, some people have even told me I have commitment issues because I just can't (laughs) like pick one thing. I just got to like just make whatever I'm trying to make work. I can be addicted to one thing in one instance, depending on what I'm trying to solve for. Sure. Um, And that, it's that mindset behind.
0: That's awesome. um, Love that. That is cool. Very cool. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about. your love of colors and all things, some of the different designs and and companies you've worked for, how you've created their their dreams for them and stuff. But before we get started, I've got ten questions. These are ten questions that I ask every one of my guests. Questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor Studio, where host James Lipton asks these same questions of his guests from Hollywood, film, stage, and television. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Chrissy, if you're ready, ten simple questions for you. Question number one. What is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word. My favorite word right now would be focus. Focus. Definitely focus.
0: Okay. What is your least favorite word?
1: Mm -hmm. Anything that sounds like an excuse. That's not one word, but excuse (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) There you go. Very cool. Uh, What turns you on?
1: Prob, like uh, complex problems.
0: Okay. And solving those complex problems. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Uh, what turns you off?
1: I would say um, distractions and busy work. Okay.
0: Um, what sound or noise do you love?
1: What sound or noise do I love? I love music.
0: Okay. Any special kind?
1: Uh, right now, <laughs> this is why I, this is the whole issue for me. Right now, it's um, like Afro beats. Okay. Anything Caribbean.
0: There you go. Very cool. Tomorrow could be something different. but for Exactly. Family, it just love. goes with
1: the wind. It just goes with the wind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Alarm clocks. <laughs>
0: All right um, question seven, What is your favorite curse word? Uh, <laughs> question eight, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: I would love I would love to be a uh, like a business incubator type of person. I'm not really in like business consulting too much. I do do brand strategy, but I would love to do like business consulting and like start the businesses.
0: Okay, cool. Um, What profession would you not like to do?
1: Mm, Babysitting.
0: (laughs) All right. And final question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: You did it. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. You You did it.
0: Excellent. All right, Chrissy, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about your intense passion. For design and all things colorful and and creative. Um, At some point, we're going to transition into courage. Where did you find the courage to start your own business? And we'll talk about leadership. Okay. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about all of that and more right after these messages. So listeners stick with us. Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my business success mastermind group. Join my business success mastermind group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Chrissy Robinson. Chrissy, thanks again for uh, coming on the show. Um, I've been looking forward to talk to you. I love, like I said, I love your your design aesthetic. All things design, I'm creative too. Colors are important because colors can make or break a brand, a logo and stuff like that? How do you choose the colors for people?
1: So there is actually like psychology behind colors. Um, They make, they kind of elicit feelings, right? Like it's really hard for you to look at yellow and not feel like, huh, like there's something that the sun does to us naturally. So I think it depends on the brand. And so that's where it's not necessarily about picking things that work well together, like an interior designer type of thing. It's more about understanding who you, who you are as a brand and making sure visually you look that part. Okay. So that's where the colors come into play. So, for example, I love to use my own brand. We We represent like vibrancy. <coughs> Excuse me represent vibrancy and just kind of like that get it done mentality, super mm-hmm. motivating. There are literally, especially there's a, a client of mine that just popped into my head. She loves the colors. And every time she's like, oh, it just makes me feel good. And when you get that kind of feedback as a brand uh, and it's actually what you're looking to do, right. that's how, you know, you kind of you hit the nail on the head.
0: Excellent. So you working with the clients, do you Um, do you talk to them and get a feel for what you think those colors are and then show them uh, different options or? or Yeah,
1: it's, it's so much larger than color. So what we'll do is called a brand strategy session. Um, Excuse me. So what we'll do is, is something called a brand strategy session. We'll, we'll sit anywhere from two to four hours trying to understand the brand. And my goal is to understand it so much clearer Than you, essentially, Um, just because a lot of times when people come to me, they still kind of need that development work. And so the goal is I'll ask you questions about who your clients are. What problem are you solving? How do they feel today? How do you want them to feel right? What's that to and from? And we'll build a overall brand identity that includes more than just colors, but definitely colors are a piece of it. Um, we'll build a overall brand identity, visual voice, tone, all of that, uh, based off of what we come up with in that call. So the clearer I can become the better that we can hit the nail on the head when we do develop things.
0: Very cool. And do people come to you with their own designs and say, what do you think of this?
1: Mm -hmm, And how tough is
0: that to kind of talk them into something different?
1: Well, most times if people come to me with something that they already have and they're looking for feedback. That tells me already that something's missing. So I will usually take a step back and say, well, well, how do you feel about it? And why is it not doing what you wanted to do? Because at the end of the day, the entrepreneur is the only person that can say what's right and what's wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have some type of intention or strategy or result you're trying to get. And I am not privy to that knowledge. So my first step is to try to understand what are we actually trying to do here? And then I can say, okay, well, this is the wrong way to go about doing this based off of who your audience is, right? People ask me as an example, right? What what platform should I be in? Well, it depends. Are your, yeah. are your customers or is your audience readers? Do they like videos? Are they on blog posts? Are they in Reddit forums? It depends on who they are. So it always, we always have to have that kind of that longer discussion of kind of unveiling who you actually are as a brand.
0: Exactly. Yeah. As a consultant for almost 30 years, that was one thing I learned. It, whatever question they ask, your first response is that depends. And then ask more questions, right? what time is it? Well, that depends. Where are you? Exactly. <laughs> you know? That's a great uh, example. I love that. So it did, where did you get your start? I mean, you, did you just grow up knowing you wanted to be a creative or how did you get started?
1: Well, I have a huge passion for business and um, I did always have a business even since I was like 14 years old, but I would be one of those weird kids sitting in like, an establishment, like, oh, they could be doing this. And this could be so much more streamlined. I didn't have the words at, at the time. But what I was trying to do was improve processes. Um, at, at the time, I was calling it customer service. Mm-hmm. It is somewhat customer service. It somewhat, yeah. um, but it's, it's business, you know, effectiveness, right? Mm-hmm. But I would see opportunities all the time where it would bug me. I would sit, even at a, like a restaurant, especially as a as a kid at a restaurant, I'd be like, it'd be so much easier. Or what if, what if this was over here instead? I would just see opportunities. And I didn't really know what it was called at the time. And so at the time I was just, just like everyone else on the corporate track, focused on doing <laughs> these things. And then essentially um, things happened in my career where I was able to start kind of planting seeds that got me to where I am today.
0: Nice. And so had you worked in companies mm-hmm. in yeah. a creative capacity? Okay. Yep. And then when did you transition into Color Add-
1: So Color Addict actually started as um, like a just... Pretty much I'm probably I'm probably sure that most businesses when you're just getting started and you're young, you do everything. Mm-hmm. I literally had a business card that said jack of all trades. So it was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um and I I was doing making most of my money doing like little paintings like this. I actually painted okay. that and there's okay. actual sprinkles on it and all that stuff. Um, but I, I got a job at Incorporate and I had this amazing VP that gave me a Mac and told me I can get whatever I want on it. And I always wanted to learn. Uh, Photoshop and Illustrator Mm -hmm. so I asked for it It had nothing to do with my job by the way Um, and so I took (laughs) I would take small projects and try to like learn in Google and YouTube University everything to teach myself how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and if anyone who knows Photoshop and Illustrator that is not an easy task to do and so I took small projects whether it was in the company or even just in my own business and I started to build my digital Expertise, the business side of me has always kind of existed. Even when I was working in um, corporate, I was a business analyst, so I've always kind of had this really analytical, uh, let's let's make this better, let's streamline this type of mentality. Um, But once I was able to tie that to the creative, I really became kind of untouchable. Very cool. Really did. Really did. Very
0: cool. And what type of clients do you work with? Any special niche?
1: Nope. I don't have, as far as industry-wise, I don't have a special niche. My niche is more defined by the stage of business that they're in. Hmm. So we try to work with clients who are kind of, I define it in three different ways. So I have built, grow, and thrive. We're working with those who are trying to grow, right? And you would argue that people in the build stage are trying to grow, but they're really not. They're trying to get the the foundation set, you know, the they're still trying to figure out how do I make this thing work? Mm-hmm. Where growers haven't figured out how to make it work. They no longer have the the mind dramas and, you know, all the, I don't, I'm not sure if you've done any like coaching or anything, but when you're working with those builders and new people, that is a very stressful task Um, just trying to get them out of their own way and so I like to work with those who are kind of in that growth stage because there's a lot of opportunity there there's a lot of room for systems and automations Mm -hmm. and workflows and streamlining things and just becoming a better well-rounded brand and growing in a way that doesn't have to be so painful so I like to work with those entrepreneurs
0: very cool so you still are doing kind of the jack of all trades. You're taking every aspect of the business and trying to get it all to, to work together, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mostly within the, the constraints of, cause we don't do anything with like finance or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's mostly in, in the constraints of like growth and expansion, which we all know starts with sales and marketing. That's okay. basically the gist of what we do. So whether it, we're building a website, whether we're doing a marketing strategy, the focus is always growth and expansion, right? How can and this, is, this actually came out of doing my own brand strategy work in my own company. Um, I realized like what I was actually talking about, people didn't care. And I thought that they cared because they were coming to me, asking me specific questions. Let's say like if they came to me wanting a logo or a website, in their mind, once I did my own brand strategy work, I realized that most entrepreneurs really don't care about those things. They actually believe these things will get them growth and expansion. But it's not true for the most part. Right. So once I did my own brand strategy work, I was able to see, OK, I got to make some pivots and some changes. And this is the work that actually does matter. And that's what I do right now for entrepreneurs as well. As is I, is I do that brand strategy work for them. And that's kind yeah. of where we start most projects.
0: Because yeah. most nice. people
1: have no idea what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so they, they, somewhere they have an idea, but it, it's like you said, under the, all the clutter. And mm-hmm. it's up to you to ask the questions to help them kind of dig through and get that out, right? Yeah. And
1: it's unfocused. It's just kind of, yeah. they're just trying different things, hoping things will stick. Yeah. It's like exactly. spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Their walls
1: are covered in spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've seen me cook, obviously. Um, so d- Color Addict, was that kind of like a side gig until you got things rolling and then you shifted yep. full time? Yeah. How was that? That that uh, had to have been a little scary. That's kind of the one of the courage we talk about, right? The courage. Where did you find the courage to walk away from that nine to five? What was that like?
1: So the courage came from feeling like I was the only one that cared. So I was, I, I like to think that I have a very different type of work ethic. I cared way more than I should have. You would have thought that these were my companies. That's the type of like I said, like I would sit and see opportunities and I'd be like, we could be, we should be, we can be. And I'd be the only one all by myself thinking that we could and we could do these different things. And it's kind of uh, disheartening. I got tired basically of getting my heart broken. Absolutely. I got tired of having lar- larger, larger expectations than what was necessary or even Want it in corporate? Well, that's
0: now. that's what happens in corporate. If if you don't have a certain title mm-hmm. or certain chair at the table, it doesn't matter what your ideas are. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if they don't come from that person, we don't listen to them. Exactly. Well, how do you get into that seat? You know, short of bumping that person off, how are you going to get into that seat? So yeah, it is very disheartening. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I just got tired of getting my heart broken and tired of the stress, the stress around like trying to do things even at my own level that was possible for me. And people not really caring, so i I just learned that the only way for for people to to care is when you're doing your own thing, right um, I run the show and I'm able to say what's what's the the status quo in my business and what we will and will not do, and set those expectations and I'm much much more happier now as an individual
0: awesome um. Uh, Continuing with the the talk of courage, is there a type of courage you think is most important for entrepreneurs?
1: Yes, I would say the courage to proceed without knowing, without the certainty. Okay. The courage to, to do it anyway. I literally have, you can't see it, but above my head, there's something that says, just get it done. And I, I quote my grandmother all the time. My grandmother, she had this mentality where I use the example of eating, right? Like how you have to tell kids to finish their, their broccoli. They know they should, they know it's good for them, but it just sucks. And so my grandmother used to say all the time, just do it anyway. she she say, eat it anyway, actually exact words. And that mentality Is what I feel like is necessary to make business work because you're not going to want to send that sales proposal. You're not going to want to ask for the price. You're not going to want to double your prices. But sometimes you just have to do it and walk away. You know, just hit send and just don't look anymore and just go do something else. Go get the nerves out of your body. That's one of the things that I feel like a lot of people in the newer stages and that kind of building stage don't really grasp that it's not supposed to feel normal to you. Right. You've never done it before.
0: And but so that I, takes a lot of trust and a lot of confidence.
1: Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I think you can just kind of, I think it takes courage. I think you just have to just do it anyway, because even if you don't have the confidence because you don't know what someone will say. And even if they say no, they, it still has nothing to do with you. Right. Like I, people tell me, no all the time and I'm amazing. I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm amazing. Anyone that works with me can tell you that. So we, but I don't get every single sale. So you could argue that it, it's so much more than confidence. It's just it's just being able to proceed without expectations and without taking things personally because it has nothing to do with you
0: absolutely and that's that's one of the toughest things I think entrepreneurs need to get past when somebody says no they're not saying no to you they're saying no to the idea they're saying no to the proposal they're saying no to the product or service right
1: and it just doesn't use it doesn't it's not it's not a value or of that value to them at this moment most people when they when they say no no one really says no let's be real but most people when they walk away from me it's not because a choice they want to they're they're usually like oh I really wish we could work with you right right
0: and sometimes they come back right they always come, come back, back later yeah mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. cool um uh, how many employees do you have working for you i
1: have 13 contractors right now nice. mhm it's very it's cool a lot it that's one of the harder things to do is is management people management yeah. for me at least that's that's one of my my struggles at the very moment is people well, management
0: yeah for <laughs> creatives that's always kind of tough you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're an engineer, everything's linear and it all works just like this. And everybody knows that. But creatives kind of have their own way of doing things. How do you how do you manage that? Do You guys have uh, standing meetings and stuff?
1: Yes. Yes. We have a team huddle every Tuesday. I have one on ones every single Friday. Excellent. Um, And then I also have lots and lots of processes. I would say anyone who is managing a large remote team, they're going to need the visibility, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no way to, I'm, I can't sit in all of their offices. I have people even in Nigeria. I can't huh. sit with yeah. them in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So you really need to build systems that you can get the visibility you need. So you can make the decisions that you need to make mm-hmm. as a business owner.
0: Absolutely. No, you're talking about language uh, systems. Uh, so working with my clients, it's uh, Simplify. Right. Focus on what it is you do. Who do you do it for, and why? Mm-hmm. Strategize. How are you going to improve these different things? Strategy, and then your systems. If you have your systems in place, it's repeatable. It's measurable. It's scalable. Right. And that's yep. what you want to go for. Um, how did you find your team? I mean, if they're scattered all over, how did you how did you find them?
1: So I use online platforms like uh, Upwork, and then some okay. people just kind of through my network. Um, So like the very first person that ever worked with me actually started as an intern. She's with me for three years, Um, not just as an intern, only her first like six months was an internship. And that person I met through a friend of mine. I saw some work she did for her and I saw some potential there. And so, I mean, really just, however, I, I I always tell people I look for good people. Yeah. I don't necessarily like discriminate or really care like where they are or where they're from or what language is their native language. I don't care about any of that. I care about good people who actually will show up and do the work.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, that's what I tell my clients. If you can find somebody that fits that culture, you can <laughs> teach them the mechanics, right? But they have to have that mindset. They have to have that. Work that's out.
1: actually a really great point that's something that um i did not realize at first i thought that you could just get like let, let's just say not every single chef is a chef that can work at any restaurant like culture is so mm-hmm. so very important especially as an entrepreneur and i don't hear a lot of entrepreneurs talking about yeah. culture i actually have done that work um i've, I've like just um, last quarter, so Q4, in the beginning of Q4, we did like a full presentation and just kind of re-hammered it in of what it means to work at Color Addict, right? And the culture of, of our company and what these like kind of created like pillars or values um, that are important to me as, as the company owner, but then also what should be important and how they should interact with each other. It's kind of like the social construct. Our construct of Absolutely, of
0: the absolutely. absolutely, yeah. We I don't hear a lot of people about talking about
1: that. I don't no, know they, do, they don't,
0: they yeah. don't, you know, they miss that point. Um, I usually start with core values because every decision you make is based on your internal core values in business. Every decision you make is based on the core values of the company. Mm-hmm. If you don't share those core values with your employees, who knows what they're using to base their decisions on, right? Exactly. So you want to make sure these are our values and this is what we hold um, everybody accountable to And if you fit within this, fine. We'll get along just fine. If you're outside of those core values, you'll either not make it in when you apply for a job or you'll be bounced out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
1: Yes, very important in hiring. That's what I realized.
0: So if I was to bump into any of your your team and ask them what kind of leader you are, what would they tell me? What type of leader are you?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. I think they would say, that I am um, relatable. I'm a little less formal in a way where I I see them as people. And I also really hope that they would get by now that um, I have their back. I say actually all the time, I don't believe the customer is always right. Mm-hmm. never believe that. And as long as they are able to, you know, talk through why they made certain decisions, I'm okay with it. I'm all about empowerment and autonomy. And with that, I understand they're going to make the wrong decision. They're not me. They're not going to, I'm going to make the wrong decision. Let's be real. So, um, I would like to think that they would think that I'm an empowering leader, that I care about their growth. Um, each of my one-on-ones, uh, when you when you first start working with me, we have a conversation about what are some things you want to learn. Um, I have a whole company at my disposal where I can put you on certain tracks and give you certain experience to let you figure out what it is that you want to do. If you are on the fence about something, like my operations manager, she wants she's kind of interested in design. She's very bad at it right now, but she's interested, yeah. and so I can give her small projects and teach her like how to look at. Through a design eye, mm-hmm. so and even if it's not design, let's say if you want to do something in finance, great. Here, here are some things you can take a look at, or even connecting them with someone in my network. Okay. Um, I do stuff like that all the time. I'm really invested. That's what I would hope that they would realize by this point is awesome. that I'm invested and I really do care about them as a person.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's a, a sign of leadership to me. You know, a leader cares more about their people than about themselves. They want their their people to succeed, you know, not just themselves. And that that whole life cycle of business—if you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your customers, your customers will take care of the business, and the business takes care of you.
1: You know, mm-hmm. so you
0: always want to make sure you're doing that. That is awesome. Very cool. Um. So what's next for you? I mean, you've done quite a bit. You've got a lot of stuff going on. What's next?
1: What, what's next for me? Um, we are trying to get more into. So basically throughout my years of running a business, I've built a lot of like, let's say resources, right? That are very helpful. Like I show them to different people and different clients, or I'll mention them in a call and I'll pull something up and people always say, I want that. And I'll be like, it's coming um, just because I'm trying to figure out how to, a lot of this stuff is very custom to me in my process And there are not a lot of really good resources for entrepreneurs who are trying to make work. For example, my pricing calculator, if I showed it to you, would knock your socks off, right? And it took me years to develop this thing. So right now, our focus is is trying to build better products. I'm all about quality. I don't want to just put out a bunch of crap. So right now, our focus is to build better resources and products and automations and, and kind of like grab and go type of things for entrepreneurs in that growth stage.
0: Very cool. And so on your website, do you have a lot of things that people can can see, downloadable type things?
1: As of uh, January, yes. 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 We, just, we just launched our store, or relaunched our store, I should say. We've always had stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of been hush hush. Um, I haven't really been promoting them. Um, but I just got a new content creator on my team, her name's Gabby, and she she's helping me to put all these things in place. And we're okay. realizing that like certain things we need like tutorials and videos on and how to like set up this pricing calculator or set up the content planner and all the different things that we do. So we're slowly but surely kind of building out almost like a, a resource center, if you will. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: And then with your clients, what do you recommend? <laughs> Is there a certain platform? you recommend when they're looking for marketing and, and getting their, their image out there and stuff?
1: Uh, it depends.
0: It depends. Perfect. I it love depends. that answer.
1: It depends. <laughs> um, I, 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 I really wish, cause I you know, when someone tells you that answer, you're like, Oh gosh, but I would just say, Generally speaking, right, if we're, if someone has the question of like, what platform should I begin on or where should I begin marketing? I would ask one question I would say, where are your customers looking for solutions to their problem, the problem that you solve for them? So if it is a haircut, doesn't matter. If it's a haircut, where are they looking for haircuts? Mm -hmm. Are they the type of person because there's different people that look for different people in different Mm -hmm. ways. Are they the type of person to only go through someone that they know someone else went through? Maybe it's a referral strategy that you're Mm -hmm. focused on. Is it Google? Maybe it's an SEO or Google business listing that you need to be focused on or Google ads. Mm -hmm. It just really depends. Where are they looking for you? Nice. That's where you show up and you show up there consistently. Cause that's the asterisk, right? A lot well, of people show up, but not very consistent.
0: They put out an ad, one ad, and run it for one week, and they it's, nobody saw me. It's nobody. Not me. It's like, yeah, it's not working. Yeah. No, you, it's those little things you do consistently, over and over and over and over, that'll get you out there.
1: Absolutely, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't. You can have an organic strategy that does wonders for you. Organic is just, you know, unpaid. It's just showing up yeah. consistently. So it does not have to be a paid advertising click funnel. All these internet yeah. gurus, oh my gosh,
0: yeah. it does
1: not have to be that complicated. They're trying to sell their product to you.
0: Yep. Now wait a minute. They tell me we can take you from zero to seven figures in ten days. <laughs> right. That's not true. Yep. And,
1: huh? and it's usually it's, I know. Right. And it's usually selling the very thing they have you sitting in. So it'll be like I'll teach you how to make your first five figures by building a course. And you're sitting in the very course that they make their money off of. Yeah. So think about it. If they didn't have that course, they have nothing else to fall back on. Essentially, what they have is a very, very nice marketing budget to be sitting in front of you right so I like to look at those type of strategies and say hmm how can I make that work for me or my particular client or whoever I'm dealing with I like to look at those people I'm I'm very very weird like I said I see opportunity I remember I attended this free workshop and you should have seen it I was sitting there and I realized I was not supposed to be there they were marketing in uh the local newspaper and they had like free dinner advertised like the the free workshop also included dinner and there were a lot of like older people there and you should have seen how they set this thing up it was amazing I was literally taking sales notes like wow and I'm supposed to be there listening to the presentation I'm like okay shit scare them because they were like they were like look these are the Michigan numbers of all the people with diabetes and you're gonna die (laughs) and you should have seen these people with their wallets like come on, help me not die. And if you really paid attention, you could see the stats were wrong. They were old. They were from like 2014. But I was just like, oh, okay, this is what works. Okay. Share them. Use numbers. It literally, I've used that. Well, some pieces to their sales strategy to this day.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Opportunities are everywhere. If you're uh, conscious enough to see them. Yes. Love that. That is perfect. So if if a client wants to find you, they need help with their their business, their marketing and and their online uh brand, mm-hmm. how could they get in touch with you? What's your what's your website?
1: So my website is coloraddict.com. That's spelled with K. So K-O-L-O-R-A-D-D-I-K-T. People always forget the second K yeah. um, and you can book a site or a site, book a call with me right on my website and we can have a discussion about what the actual problem we're trying to solve. That's always what I'm trying to get to in those discovery calls is what are we actually trying to solve for here? So want to make sure it's something, there's an actual problem, right? Sometimes the problem is you just need to do the work and I can't help you do the work. <laughs> I can't show up. Isn't that you. the
0: truth? Yes. <laughs> I can't yes, show yes.
1: up for you and put your hands on the keyboard and do the work.
0: Yeah. Uh um, I I can explain it to you I can't make you understand it right Exactly Yeah very cool All right so coloraddict.com um you're also on LinkedIn
1: Yes I'm actually on LinkedIn I'm on okay. Instagram I'm on Facebook I'm on Twitter I'm on all of your favorite platforms Perfect. but the easiest way is just to book a call with me cuz I'm a human being you know you don't have to go through all the hoops and all that fun stuff um you can also give me a call my my number's on Google uh, you can definitely just give me a call and we can set something up.
0: Very cool. Mm-hmm. Good job. Love this. All right. Chrissy Robinson, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is great. I will have those links in the show notes so people know how to get to you on your website. Look at that big button and say, book a call and talk to Chrissy and let her help you out.
1: Yes, absolutely. I would love to help in awesome. any way.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much for for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And listeners, hope you guys took a lot of notes. There's a lot of good takeaways from this. And uh, definitely check out the website, Color Addict, tcom You got All right. it. All right. And uh, share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around, because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.